Hey everyone, it's Jimmy and Adam and welcome back to Karma Corner. We want to welcome back all our listeners and if you're just discovering us, we want to welcome you as well. Um, on today's podcast, we are Adam's going to be talking to us about his banishment that happened to him back on February 13th. Yeah. And um, two weeks ago, he actually his ban was actually lifted by the school board. And so we just want to talk a little bit about, you know, what happened back in February and what's happened now with with Adam. And so I'm going to let him tell us, you know, what happened to him in February and why he was banned at that school board meeting. So basically that night I had planned to talk on the open forum section, but I was a little bit late. And um, I received an email from Sheriff Nolasco about the new hire that UCISD had hired. Um, you know, like last time, whenever they hired a new officer, it was that Crimson Elizondo. And we all know that the comments she made about if it was her kid, she would have gone in. And, and UCISD had already promised us that they would not hire an officer that was there May 24th and she clearly was so I was really concerned and I, I started like making calls and I called Nelasco which is the sheriff of Uvalde County and so that day I received an email saying that the officer Pedro Wizar was not eligible for rehire so when I received that I felt like you know what I'm gonna just stand up you know uh, Gutierrez uh Josh Gutierrez, the police chief, was standing there, and I was, I'm, let me show him the, this email through my phone. And so I pulled out my phone. If you watch the video, you can see where I pulled out my phone, and I, I asked him, hey, you know, like, why is this guy, why'd you hire this guy? And he said that um, he had already talked to Sheriff Nelasco, and I questioned him about the standards about the high standards that they say they have. And he said that they did have high standards and he asked me to sit down. I continued to press him on it very quietly. Like nobody was, it wasn't disruptive. They continued on with the meeting. You can hear that they continued on with the meeting. And then he banned me. He banned me for criticizing. But if I would have gave him a compliment, you know, would that have been disruptive? I said, hey, you look good on TikTok or something, you know, like, so you can't pick and choose. You criticize the government. We have that right to criticize. And they wanted to bully me around and they banned me for two years. And so, you know, Patterson and the school board has said that they're only going to hire the best police officers for their police department. So it's a legitimate question to ask because, you know, you have the sheriff who says, no, he's not rehirable. So he must have done something for him not to be rehirable. And if Patterson and the school are saying, well, we only want to hire the best, well, how is he the best if the county sheriff says they wouldn't rehire him back? You know, so it's the legitimate question that you asked. And, and you know, we know the outcome was, you know, your CTW and your banishment for two years. And so I think that, you know, the norm is that you know, we are Hispanic and when we get in trouble, it's kind of like, oh, you know, just do what they tell you, um, take your punishment, be good. And when the two years are up, 
if you've been good and it's up to their liking, they'll lift your banishment. And I think that that's the norm for a lot of us that, and a lot of minorities, it's like, yeah. you know, just do what they tell you and don't get in trouble no more and, and they'll take it away. And and we all know that you, you know, didn't just take your banishment, you actually <laughs> ended up fighting it. Um, you got a lawyer and, and, and fought it. Yeah, I mean, it was a very stressful time for me because I was trying to reach out to anybody, local lawyers, uh, you know, LULAC, uh, ACLU, MALDEF, which is the Mexican-American Legal Defense. And, you know, I, I kept getting the runaround and it was very frustrating because when you look at that police report, I actually have an affidavit of what I what I said. And if you look through what I wrote down as far as the conversation and then you look at his police report it was completely fabricated i mean he says that i said f you when i was walking out and there's clearly a video showing where i didn't say anything to him so you can imagine but his police report was filed a month later right it was filed so it's kind of like but they you know, you have time to add all these things. And for people who don't know, that school, bo- uh, that boardroom is, you know, sits about 50 people. So, you know, he said that you were saying the F word and being disruptive and the school board members themselves were never, were oblivious to what was going on because they never looked up or said, you know, we need to sit down. There's an administrator sitting right next to you all and she was practically unfazed by it. So yeah. when somebody's that angry, like he said you were and saying the F word, it's going to be a commotion, especially in that small room. We're all going to be aware of what was going on, you know. Yeah. And so I think that they had time just to add things to his report to make it look like they had a legitimate reason to ban you. Yeah. And like if you've ever tried really hard at something or you're like trying to prepare and you feel like confident and then you just get flat out cheated, like that's how I felt because I knew that they had violated my rights but the way they made it look and the way they fabricated everything, it made it look like, hey, this guy was causing trouble. And I couldn't believe that, like, we hear about corruption and all that, but to actually see it and, like, experience it, I mean, it put me down. Like, you know, it was uh, it was pretty rough. And then finally, the this organization, FIRE, you know, I reached out to them through a friend. Because they also said you were urinating. Yeah. The campus. yeah. And like, it's like, if you have all these cameras, where's the video of him urinating? Like, yeah. yeah, like Gary Patterson, the superintendent, sends me an email saying, hey, I heard that you're urinating and an anonymous source told me that. I'm just going to give you the opportunity to tell me if it's true. And then <laughs> I call it funny because, you know, where are your cameras? Show us the video, yeah. you know, show you the video where you were urinating. Yeah, I, I asked him during that grievance that we held. And um, he's like, oh, it was inconclusive. <laughs> you know, so and then when I that same day of the grievance. I asked him and he said, yeah, it looks like you. And I pulled out my phone and started recording him saying, do you think it, it was me? You think it looked like me? And then he. He said, well, I don't know, and he walked away and he didn't admit it. So, I mean, it's clear what he's doing. He's trying to, like, probably bait me like I'm some guy that has some bad temper. But really all I've ever done is just address the safety issues 
and the accountability that hasn't happened i'm not trying to do you think you were their guinea pig like you have been you know vocal you know pretty much since may 24th um do you think they were going to use you as an example that oh absolutely i mean question us and this is what happens yeah i think me being the leader of karma and me you know I, i don't say that i'm the voice of the community or uvaldi but i have had people tell me like hey you're the voice so if he can you know shut that troublemaker up troublemaker for them because it causes trouble i guess you know all, like i said all we're doing is trying to get answers but if they can shut me up then they feel like oh we shut him up maybe they won't come back or something so um yeah it would have worked great for them unfortunately for them <laughs> i hired a really good group of attorneys and you know they backed down pretty quickly and so during the grievance though remember we had you know supporters that came in from a lulac chapter in san antonio um we had the zavala democratic um people come in too and and so you thought you know did you think you had a good chance that they were not going to ban you or lift it that day or? yeah i was very confident because i told them my side of the story and i showed them the video and i went through the whole thing and i even told them look you got people like the mayor cussing in these boardrooms saying you sick sob and you got other fathers saying f this and f that so i made that point and said even if i was cussing man like look like you can't treat one person different than the other and i and i was very clear on my story and i was like man there's no way that they can ban me after i got all my ducks in a row and they, they didn't care man they just said no nope, we're going to still ban you he's not a criminal but we're still banning you for his past behavior that's one of the things they said my past behavior i've never been warned i never received any type of never been kicked out or anything so when they say past behavior what behavior of, of like trying to hold him accountable asking questions being engaged like how can i get punished for that it i just think that they just don't want to hear those tough questions you know i i i feel like the school board is just like you know we have to move forward but there's still lots of questions that are unanswered and you, and you fight for those you know those questions to be answered and i really think that it was just because you're an activist you're hispanic that they were like well let's make a you know a case out of him that yeah yeah and do it, this with us and this is what can happen yeah and you know like i could have emailed them and asked them but I can show you emails where I email Luis, I email Patterson and he just ignores flat out ignores my emails. And then you bring things up during the school school board meetings and they don't say anything. You bring up all these important issues and they don't answer. And they said they were going to do a town hall where we can talk and they can engage back with us. This was way back when Harold when we filed the grievance on Harold And they said we're going to do a town hall. And they never did it. Why? Because they don't want to answer those questions. There's so many more questions. In 2020, they received a report from a facilities consultant that said Rob has multiple 
security issues. What did they do? Did they put up fencing? You know, did they put more cops there? Nothing. Well, obviously they didn't check their doors either. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And if you look at that report, the house committee report, like they always had doors unlocked. Everybody knew it. Mr. Reyes had filed a complaint on his door. Mandy Gutierrez had uh, said she confirmed that yes, she had been she had reported that problem with room one eleven, but they just hope that people don't research. They they count on people not researching, and when they do research and they ask these questions, guess what? Let's what can we do to shut them up? And it, it's tough, man, because retaliation, you know, in small towns, it happens a lot. And every time we speak up. You know, there's a chance that they can retaliate, but it's the least that that we can do for for the 21 and the rest of the community. So your your suit was an infringement of your your freedom of speech. Yeah, it was, the it was clearly a violation of of my freedom of speech. We have the right to criticize our government, and they, you know, they banned me for that. And so we have a YouTube channel too, Karma Corner, if you haven't checked it out. And I spoke a little bit on it last time about your your case. And, you know, your case and you winning was a victory for you and for your family because your family was told to leave as well with you, your wife and your daughter that night. Um, So it's a huge victory for you and your family. But it's also a huge victory, I think, for the Latino community that, like I said in the beginning, the norm has always been that when we get in trouble, we just take the punishment and, and, and do what they say. And we're not in those old times no more. And you fought it. You didn't, you know, you didn't just take your punishment. And I think what it did is it opened up doors for the Hispanic Latino community and all minorities, you know, that those who are afraid to speak because of retaliation that you you faced as well. Um, you, how do I say it? It's a bigger thing, you know, because you, you let us know that our voice matters. And do you feel that, you know, you doing that open doors for, for minorities that are afraid to speak out and are afraid to get in trouble for doing it? You know, I'd like to think that I don't, I don't think about that too much because I'm not trying to take credit. But if you look at like the last well, let's time say for Uvalde, you yeah, know, a yeah. lot of Uvaldians are afraid to speak out. And, yeah, and absolutely. Maybe you open those doors, you, you know, because they know these problems exist. But like we just posted today, like all the surrounding schools are, you know, to capacity. You got Sabinow, which is a small town. Canipa is a small town around us. Lakey, uh, Sacred Heart, Uvalde Classical Academy are all schools that are, they can't even, you know, they have so many kids that they have to like add more classes and add more teachers so people know about the problems but instead of addressing them it's easier for them to just go to another school so that's kind of why we don't have engagement because well i already took my son out what happens to the people that can't afford to drive to canepa or they can't afford to pay the catholic church or you know Valdi classical academy those are those underrepresented families like the the 21 like those 19 children that didn't get represented and they got left hanging. And that's, you know, the rest of the community or a lot of the community is going through that too. And so I'm hoping that they can see like, hey, you know, it's a broken system, but we can do something about it. 
Um, see, the media, you know, the media is pretty much all gone. And it's almost like the world, you know, moved on and it's going to forget. But there are still lots of issues in Uvalde that, you know, people aren't going to see no more. And you are one of the biggest voices that we have that fights. And and so, you know, you attended your first meeting this, this past Monday in four months. So how was it welcoming, welcome, walking back into that boardroom? No, it was great, man. I mean, I think you said last time it was like seven or eight people that attended. And Again, think, it seats about 50. And yeah. This time it was pretty packed. Yeah, it was like at least, you know, 40 people. And we put out a post asking for people to come out. And I'd like to think that a lot of those people, you know, came out to support. And that meant a lot. And there's a lot of people that reached out saying like, oh, I had this going on, but I'm sorry. But I mean, people are just congratulating and they, they're like acting like if they want so it's cool man because it is a victory it's yeah, a victory yeah. for a lot you know you're you're a speaker we do have other people that have spoken at the school board meetings and and y'all are some of the biggest voices that we have that fought, fight for the 19 students and two teachers um and like i said it's you know people aren't going to see the everyday struggles that we still face in Uvalde and that we will face for a long time yeah um but you know having you back and addressing that school board and, and asking these questions again is a, is a great thing as do the other people that um have spoken but it is a huge thing you know and i i i feel like for for everybody you know i specifically say latinos because we've always been afraid to speak and i think that you gave us hope that we can speak out and we don't have to take punishments or be silenced and and when they lifted your ban, you know, I think Anne-Marie, you know, said the executive director said that it was a frivolous, you know, lawsuit. It was going to be a waste of time and a waste of taxpayers' money. Yeah. Which was funny because, you know, when you're infringing on people's Second Amendment rights about, you know, raising the gun age and so forth, they, you know, cry about it. So yeah. there's nothing frivolous about infringing on a First Amendment right and, and silencing you and taking your freedom of speech away. Um, yeah, they're just, I think they were just you know, heard about it, you know, they, they lost, you know, and I think if they had any chance of winning, they would have moved forward. When have they ever been worried about our tax dollars? They pay Gary Patterson over a thousand dollars a day. And you think they're worried about our tax dollars? <laughs> I mean, they just had to put out something, right? Like they're not going to admit that they did anything wrong, unfortunately, because it was very clear and it makes me almost think about like, well, maybe I should continue on with the lawsuit because right now we we didn't file suit, but we're ready. They retaliate or whatever. I mean, we will file suit. So I, I, I wish that they would at least come out and apologize. You know, Josh Gutierrez lying and Patterson saying about me urinating and all that. I think it would be nice if they apologized, but I don't think we're ever going to get that. But Probably not. They haven't even honored anybody that died. Yeah. I don't think they're going to. Yeah. And, and he, like the last time somebody like took on the the system, you know, I think it was back when George Garza was a teacher and during the walkout. And then also Miss Morales, right? From that was in the 70s. So, you know, those were the people that did that in the 70s. And you're sort of like the person that did it for us, you know, in this era now. And and years from now, you know, people will say like, you know, I remember he was silenced and he fought it and, and yeah. he won. And 
Yeah. You know? And to, you know, little, little kids who think that they don't have a voice, you know, are watching things and they see like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it feels great. And, you know, like that other one with Miss Morales, I think it drug on for like years and years. And, I think 45 years was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so with this one, it was like a quick win. So it, it kind of like shows people like, hey, man, they're, you know, we're stronger. Together, we're stronger. Our voices are very strong. I think that the school board will respect us more. Um, we, they don't have to like us. We don't have to like them, but we work together for the children, you know, like we just need to respect each other and and bring up issues and try to you know come up with solutions that's that's the only thing we can do and after we've experienced you know such a a horrible massacre the second deadliest school shooting in the US i mean of course people are going to question you know it's a given because so much happened you know with these schools that weren't secured and still aren't secured and and you know, you have to ask these questions to make sure they're secure, that this won't happen again. You know, Not just in the schools, but in the community, that something of this caliber will never happen yeah, again. Wh- and why? are we fully secure at these schools? No. Why Why do they think we're asking? I mean, it's because I'm hearing it from my son. You know, he's about to go back and he's asking me a hundred questions. And, you know, all the parents are going through the same thing. They're not asking these questions because they just feel like asking questions. Their kids are getting bullied, so they bring it up. You know, like we did a post earlier today, and like like 50 people said that there was bullying going on. You know, what kind? How have they addressed that? You know, so we bring these up because we want to take care of our children, not because we want to fight. And a lot of times they act like, oh, they're just wanting to fight, dude. I mean, we just want to take care of our children. Well, I think it's great that you you know you've been there since the beginning. Um, you know, asking these questions and ultimately, you know, got you in trouble. But, you know, yeah. um, you, like you said, you didn't sit back and take it. You, you knew that they did wrong and you fought it and, yeah. and you're back now. And, you know, yeah, I, I there's think lots of issues that still need to be addressed in, in, with the schools and stuff. Yeah. And I think now we're getting more support, more support than ever. And I was fortunate to run into, fire that group you know so if anybody else needs help they can reach out to me and i can direct them this is for civil rights because they specialize in civil rights lawsuits but they really had it together and they put the pressure on them and it was a really quick victory we didn't expect to win that fast um but you know the the evidence was there it was very clear what they did and no matter how they try to spin it Watch the video. Like we have the video on um, our YouTube channel. Anybody wants to watch the video, and they'll see that you know I was very peaceful, and um, I think he is the one that really got upset. His body language and everything shows that he was pretty upset. So um, you know, just and to I, move forward, we don't need things like that you know <laughs> you, you know you trying to look tough isn't going to do anything we had that those cops and and look what happened may 24th yeah know? so putting on a front that you're this tough cop doesn't phase us because we had those before and they well, did nothing it kind of worries you because like they don't have tough skin like 
you tell them something and then they get their feelings hurt and they want to ban you well what if they're like in a in a real situation where things are going on how are they going to act are they going to you know what are they going to do it, it's it's kind of i mean we would hope if he got that angry that you questioned him that he would be that angry if we had another shooting and he's going to run in and do something well any of those cops are going to run no in and do something, i mean but. and i i hope I, and I hope that they they would. We never want that to happen, but you would hope that they protect our children. Um, we don't know, right? Like we just know how he's acted or what he's done, but we still hope that he's the right person, you know, because that's all we got. So, and ultimately, you know, I think why we do what we do is because the school board needs to see too that there's still lots of of faults in this school and. Can this happen again? Yes, it can. And is it easy, per se, for it to happen again so far? Right now, yes. You know, there isn't, you know, these extreme security measures that they've done. And, you know, we've got to keep on them to make sure that they're securing these schools and yeah, yeah. and preventing something like this from happening again. And I think it's encouraging because what's happening is what should be happening. We're supposed to tell our school board members about these issues and they're supposed to put pressure on the superintendent it just never was like that before you didn't have anybody attending they were so comfortable that they fell asleep basically so now unfortunately and we they kind of still to, do <laughs> you know yeah i know and but we i guess rock the boat to make them uncomfortable they got to come out of their comfort zone and be leaders like they said they were going to be and that's all we want and that's how it should work we just weren't involved before and now we're paying attention and it sucks that it took this for us as a community to get engaged but you know we have to be and we hope to one day you know you know get to where our schools are secure that students feel students and teachers feel safe and you know, it's, it'll take, you know, partnering with the school and the school board members to find common ground. And we hope that one day they see why we do what we do. You know, it's not it's not just because we want to cause trouble. Like you say, it's there's still lots of issues that need to be addressed. So this doesn't happen again and and learn from what happened and make sure it, you know, those mistakes are fixed. Yeah. And we talk about compassion. So I, there's a couple of seats that are going to be up and those people aren't going to have compassion and Hopefully we'll find the ones that do. And I think that's what makes a difference. It's not all the security measures, but people that care. How can my son, who's nine years old, identify certain risks? You know, he's not an expert, but he cares because he's afraid for his life. So people need to treat these kids like it's their own kids and Miraculously, they're going to find all these safety issues that they didn't see before. So it's a lot of it is common sense. Well, we hope to get there, you know, <laughs> and, and we hope to, to when these school board members' terms are up next year, that we, like you say, find people that, that are compassionate and want change and are in there not just for the title of being a school board member, but that actually want to bring change to community and safety because it'll take a long time for you know the trust to be there and but i think that eventually 
we can get there to some level. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can. I mean, we we're open to working with anybody, but first they got to answer our questions, right? <laughs> they do. Well, you know, like I said, it it was a huge victory for you. It's a huge victory for the community, and you know, we we all rallied behind you in in karma and and stuff. Yeah, and that that really meant a lot, man. It it was hard for me and for y'all to be supporting. It helped me. It helped me a lot. And uh, you know, I I didn't really feel like it was a big enough topic to be talking about. But you know, like I appreciate you saying how important it was. And see, and know. Adam always feels this way because, but you know, it 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 is an important topic because it is, you know, a violation of your rights. You know, and and it just gives hope that there are people out there that see like, man, I want to speak out, but I don't want to get in trouble. And you know, when you you spoke, I got in trouble. It might have discouraged them, but the fact that you just didn't sit back and and won and got it lifted, you know, yeah, I think gives hope to people. It would have been pretty bad if I didn't get the ban lifted, because yeah, it would have it would have been bad. But that's not the case. Well, we have a lot to do, and we're glad that you're back and that you are able to attend all these meetings and. And, and stuff again, and, and put pressure on people, you along with you know other people that do speak at these meetings, and um, so awesome. it's kind of just a little you know we just wanted to talk a little bit about his lifting of the punishment and and stuff, and sort of welcoming you back to these meetings and thanks man and stuff. And you were never really you weren't gone away from karma. You were still <laughs> fighting you know behind yeah. the scenes and stuff. You just couldn't be there in person. No, it feels um, good, but it's it's. It's great to have you back, and, and congratulations on yeah, your look victory. Forward. <laughs> look forward to it. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.